Welcome back to the Hangar Podcast. I am Coach Mo, and it is episode 20. We thought 19 was impressive enough, but we kept going. We didn't Then we stop. listened to it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so it is the 20th episode, and uh, I just want to say how happy I am to have been able to do this with you guys. This how do you compliment me right and feel like you're stabbing me in the back at the same time? <laughs> that was like creepy, but also uncomfortable, which is kind of the same thing. Well, speaking of uncomfortable, what the uh, what you guys are about to hear is zero planned. We we alluded to the fact that we don't do a good job of planning. Um, and uh, actually, I was going to leave that out there, but Ben did do some planning last well, night. Yeah, it's intentionally unplanned. I mean, we've got a topic, but we didn't sit around and, and try to make sure we could sound smart when the microphones come on. Hey, one thing I'd like to do before we get into all that, I realized listening uh, this week uh, to our podcast that we don't really talk about our social media presence very much, and I think we should. Or what? Yeah, social media. It's what old people call like Facebook and Twitter and things like that. But we're actually on both of those, and it's a good way to stay connected to what we're doing and some things that we're going to be launching out there in the future. Just wanted to mention that to the hangermen listening uh, and apparently the hangar women listening. It's like a weird thing going on with women talking to me about the podcast. They're but spies. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. It Just search hangar with an A, hangar men, both of those mediums, and you'll be able to find us. Yeah, I think as a man, you should naturally put an A in the word hangar. Hangar, yeah, yeah, okay. Wait, why naturally? I'm confused. I don't, yeah, I was trying to agree, but then I had nothing. Well, because, is, I mean, is E a feminine vowel? Well, I just hate hangers oh <laughs> like because oh. they get in a bunch and like you try to pull them apart and they're all stuck together it's just Man. i hate hangers don't so you know that the only me. hanger i like is the one that you could park an airplane in you feel that chase that the concept of a hanger is just so confusing i don't know where to go with this whole conversation if i'm just 100 percent honest <laughs> so hanger with an with an a h-a-n-g-a-r men on facebook or twitter and you can stay uh, in touch with us and perhaps even see a picture of Mo's beard. Perhaps, if you're fortunate enough. So do we want to launch into this topic today? We want to start talking about this. Who's going to lead this thing? Yeah, what we forgot is that Ben's in a hurry, so we have to, we have to get started. So. <laughs> no, well, right now I'm just <laughs> eager to talk about this because this I had this thought actually about 24 hours ago. And I'm like, man, this would be really great to bat around inside of the hangar podcast studio and it's trying to connect a word that's often used to describe manhood but we don't really we just assume that everybody knows what we're talking about so you ready for this word yeah what's the word okay the the word of the day is the word is primal primal so you know you talk about primal it's usually connected to instinct but if you're talking about manhood a lot of these masculine movements we were talking about this a couple of episodes ago that are coming out you got to have a beard you know and, and somehow mo went into the story with a, a woman <laughs> in a tree without any clothes on i don't know exactly how that happened i don't i don't know man. <laughs> it I, started, thought was, I thought it was going somewhere yeah i don't know what kind of beard companies you're following on it or you're currently not following that one right yeah yeah, yeah. uh but anyways we talk about these masculine movements movements that are kind of going to the extreme. Um, and I think this word primal plays into that. So it's it got me thinking, when you connect the word primal to masculinity or to manhood, what do you think about? That's that's the first question I like to launch out with. I have a question first. You have a question about my question? I want a, I want a definition of primal. Okay. Well, let's form let's that. Because like I have like an idea of what primal means, but like I... Not, not like in a spelling bee way. 
like I don't I don't need that type of. You I mean, know. I can read it for you. I have it right here if you uh, like. Man, why are you so prepared? Bro? How are you this prepared is... for the unprepared podcast? He must have just Google it real quick. I trust him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Are you ready? Before we know it, he'll be reading his Twitter. Primal. Mm. It's an adjective relating to an early stage in evolutionary development. Primeval. Was that enough? Or you want yeah, more? in that voice, sure. that's definitely enough. So I was so distracted by how you were reading it, I didn't even hear what you said. Essential, fundamental. Rivers were the primal highways of life. Synonyms? Basic. I think that's enough. So essential to manhood, I guess. You could say primal. If, if you want to connect primal and manhood, I'm just curious about the things that we would assign are essential to masculinity. And the reason I'm using a little bit of this word is because I think it pulls us out of churchville where we're not just saying, oh, well, here's what the church expects a man to be, and that's what we need to talk about. Here's a good man. I want to get down to the root. Like before everything got crazy and complicated and broken, what would we say is the primal man, the needs of the primal man, or the characteristics of a primal man? I would go back to the first definition. Right. When you first said that, when you said, what, is, what does it mean when you attach the word primal to uh, masculinity? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And it talks about uh, relating to an early stage. Uh, so like when I think about primal masculinity, when it, it's like going back to what men were before, like in the beginning. Right. Like what are the natural instincts of manliness? What are the what are the things that men most naturally do? in circumstances, situations, and how far have we gotten away from that? So like, I think about um, what, I mean, yeah, what we were originally designed to be like. I mean, that's that's the, the first thing that comes to my mind is when you say like, so I think of like ancient man and uh, what was just, uh, what was the, the, the place of natural masculinity? Like how did that come into creation? Yeah, know? so we, we think, we believe that you know, when men started, that that was, that was what men needed to be. And through the history of the world, that's become more and more broken and shadowed, I think. I mean, it's, that's at least my premise. But is that what you're thinking, Chase, about primal man? It's like when we get back to the start, we're going to get down to some basic definitions that really closely match what a man's supposed to be. Yeah, I do think that's a version. I, there's kind of two that I have in my head right now. And one is what Mo's saying, just kind of like at our base, what are we? And then the second is like when like when like crap goes down, like what do we fall back to? Like when, when like something crazy happens, like if you think like an action movie or something like that, you you think like, well, he's just following his primal instincts whenever he starts like kicking everybody's butt in the movie. Like so that's that's kind of like the alternate version of what I have in my head. And that's that's really interesting. I think that's a, a great way to put that. Yeah, so getting back to the beginning and then you're, what you're pointing out, and I've experienced this in my own life, that when you get stressed or pressed or, or, or like life kind of comes in on you, then that primal stuff comes out. And, it, and it's interesting. I think that's when men get in the most trouble. Although there are scenarios in our society where people depend on that. Like if I've got a man going into war or I've got a firefighter showing up at an emergency, and I'm not saying that women don't do both of those things. I'm just talking about men right now. When those men show up in those scenarios, I'm like, 
yes, I don't want you to sit around and talk about it. Like I want you to get to doing something, that primal saving rescue hero sort of thing that we have caricatures of now. But if we go back, you know, I would say that was probably one of the roles of the man was protector. So this is kind of the way I'm trying to roll around this idea so that we can perhaps talk to each other today but also talking to the hangar men that are going to be listening to this about those things that are really deep down that are driving us that we need to kind of start paying attention to or else in those scenarios where stress calls them out of us, we don't really know how to handle them, especially if we've been so feminized that we've ignored them, which I'm tipping my hat to a little bit later on in the podcast. But I want to get down to really talking about when when you look at a man, because this is so confused today. I mean, we, we can all admit that when you really get down to what a man is, not what women agree a man is or not what the church is expecting men to be when they file into a building or not what corporate America expects a man to be primal man. What are those things that if you believe that God created man, which I do, those things that God intentionally placed down in there to be essential primal at the beginning? You know, what, what are those things? What are the needs and what are the characteristics? I think that you have to look all the way back at the beginning in order to find that definition. Like you've got to, you have to, first of all, decide what the beginning is. I mean, ultimately for yourself. Um, And by that, I mean, you have to either choose to agree with creation or, or what is it? Primordial soup. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like you have to really figure out like where you stand. Like, do you believe that we were created? And if, if you believe that we were created, then as how, what was the design set? Like, what was it? And we've gotten so far away from that, man. Like I I'm sitting here trying to think, man, can I answer that? I like, I I can't, I got to go back to the, I got to go back to Genesis, you know, to, to page one and really look at it and think about it. I mean, I could think of some things, but I'm like, man, everybody has tried so hard to define that. And most people now that I see like on uh, social media or, or uh, wherever it's, it's all goes back to like ancient Greece or Rome. You know what I mean? Like that's as far back as we go when we start thinking about, uh, you know, manliness and, and primal instincts, you know, whatever, or they go to cavemen, you know what I mean? Which no one really understands everybody, you know, paleo, somehow they were able to eat processed bacon, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) minus the nitrates. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just, I don't get it. So whatever, like Turkey bacon. Well, we've been taught to accept that we've been taught to accept, you know, everything back up to like Greco Roman culture, all that's kind of like, okay, that's good. But anything past that, everybody's just kind of guessing. So do you mind if I ask a really direct question? Oh, by all means. Where is your start? Is your start Genesis? Is that what you believe? Me? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have no other reason to believe otherwise. You know, I don't, I'm not, this isn't like an apologetic situation here, but I believe it. I'm a hundred percent convinced that we were created with it, with the design in mind. And, uh, you know, I mean, to look back at that, from what I know, you know, I guess it's kind of crazy when you start talking about this because you get into like some some really controversial territory because either you're going to have some super theologian on one end who's going to like beat you up with his theological muscles, you know, with his education and say, well, actually, in the beginning, there was something that was killed. You know what I mean? And then on the other side of it, you got the guy who's like, whatever, dude, I don't believe in that, you know. 
soup, you know? So like, mm-hmm. I'm it's like, you're kind of in the middle and I'm like, well, the only thing I can see, the only thing I can think of is the uh, basic God said, first of all, you know, multiply, fill the earth, you know? Um, and then, and then the other one was to take care of it, to take care of the territory that was given and to Adam was the world, you know, the creation, the garden. Um, and then, uh, you know, just to, to be there and hang out with God, to be with God in that relationship, you know? So like the, the three basic fundamentals that I can think of the foundation that I can think of of manliness is to, um, you know, reproduce, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm not talking about if you're not having kids every year and you got, you know, 10, 15 kids and you're doing it wrong. That's not what I mean. I mean, just like, um, I think that that can go even further and not just reproducing. Like it goes back to manly men, build manly men, you know what I mean? Like reproducing in, in that way as well as physically, cause that's fun. And then, um, I love how you snuck that in there <laughs> and then, cause that's fun. And then, uh, now I lost track where I was going, but and to, to, Me to, too. <laughs> yeah, to take care of it and to protect for, to protect, uh, to, to man your territory. I mean, it all goes back to that. It's crazy. That's maybe I should stop reading this book. But yeah. Like, man, you were like, you took the deep dive yeah, into Mansfield. Yeah, did, didn't you? Yeah. Um, but it's just, I, I think about primal instincts. The primal thing that we, we have is ingrained in us is just to be uh, in a relationship with God. We were designed for that. We were designed to protect and take care of, that creation and then also um you know just to to be in a relationship with with people and reproducing both children and you know building up men building up making disciples as jesus would have said you know later as he said later so i've got some very similar answers i just you know i didn't i didn't mean to necessarily put you on the spot just for the sake of putting you on the spot i just think it's good to call out your perspective on the beginning makes a really, really big difference on how the rest of it plays out. So, you know, you going back to Genesis and the start of man, that's what I go back to. What I hear in your answer is it isn't necessarily that um, you have to place yourself in could it actually happen this way, but everything that we as the hangar men have experienced of God in the now causes us to really not have to question the way that God chose to relate to us the way that things began. I mean, I grew up in a tradition where people would sit around literally over their apple pie and ice cream after church and argue about six days and was it actually six 24-hour days? I mean, even back then, all that stuff made me want to throw up. But I think as I look back and say, well, the way that God is caring for me now, it makes sense for me to go back and say, the way that God chose to relate to me how all of this began, whether science competes with it, agrees with it, that's not really my concern. But just seeing the heart of God in the present allows me to trust what God says about the past. So as I look back, when I start thinking about the primal man, I go exactly where you go. I start thinking about Genesis, what was important then, the things that God was saying then. That's just kind of my tilt too. Is that that your tilt, Chase, the way you think about the beginning? Yeah, I mean, I have a little bit of a different viewpoint maybe than most Christians like most Christians think it's a hard seven days which I'm, I'm not saying it's not it's just like you know the dinosaurs appeared somewhere like there's very clear evidence that like time's been a lot longer than we think it has or originally thought we had but when I think about you know how, how God's relationship with the world and with us I don't find much reason to go past when Adam and Eve started because like 
what am I going to gain from having a, from studying the dinosaurs and how they affected my relationship with God? It's not. So I don't bother. I don't bother arguing about it with anybody because it's not gonna. It's not going to get you anywhere. Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely fascinating, but not pivotal. It, it's fascinating for me, but it's not pivotal. So when I go back to Genesis, as I was thinking about this, that's exactly. I stayed in Genesis for for two things I like to discuss today, and then moved into the Gospels and the uh, the life of Jesus. Those books in the Bible that describe the actions of Jesus that were important for us to know as well. One of the first things that I see is Genesis 1. This is a little bit confusing as hangar men start diving into the Bible. Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 talk about the same thing but in different ways, which which I find really, really interesting. The first one in my mind, Genesis 1, is showing us the power and the authority of God and how God was able to create out of chaos. Uh, he was able to create order. I mean, that's the way that Genesis describes it. But then you get to Genesis 2, and there's a couple of things I'd like to bat around for a few minutes today. The first one is this. We see in Genesis 2 that God says, it's not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. And what I take from that, I think one of our primal things that we have, and I'm, and I'm going somewhere with this by the time we wrap up this conversation, one of the basic primal things, needs that we have as men is companionship. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that comes that statement comes if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. That statement comes after recognizing that all of the animals have been made and still no suitable companion was found for man. So it's like man's best friend. You know, you can't survive with just your dog. You know what I mean? Like as you, much as we'd like to convince oh, ourselves yeah. that would be a better life. Yeah, right? <laughs> but you just can't. You have to have human interaction. I mean, you just have to. And God said that. You know, so I don't think that cuz he wasn't technically alone there were animals there that he was in charge of you know what i mean like he was and god was there. yeah and that's right and god was there so and it was necessary for him to create a companion for man because he knew that man needed it Um, i mean after all he did god a woman and a dog Sounds, Sounds like, like a really good country song. Or a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, a woman and a dog. <laughs> Another you one film beer. Can't, yeah. If you're going to say country song, you got to throw a beer in there and a front porch in there somewhere. <laughs> not anymore. That's the formula, right? <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore? Yeah, not anymore. Now country music parties look a lot like a early 90s hip hop party. <laughs> Please do not hand me a soapbox about the current state of affairs in country music. Let's get back to the topic. So my question is, do we agree, yes or no, do we agree that this is a this is something related to primal man companionship? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my next question is, have we, since the beginning, whenever people who are listening believe the beginning was, since the beginning, over time, have we gotten better or worse at companionship? I would think worse. And I don't know how to expand on that. And I I guess I can. But uh, yes, I can. All right. So we talked about, I don't even remember what episode it was. There's there's so many. God, 20 guys. You have to go back in the archives, (laughs) right? But uh, we talked about how, you know, I I think, Mo, you were talking about how, like, the community would raise a kid. It wasn't just the the mom and the dad or even just, like, a single parent raising. It was the whole community. So I think even that picture within itself is evidence that companionship was a bigger deal back then than it is now. Now, that's not to say that companionship doesn't have a place in today's society because I think a lot of the things people are looking for in life, whether they like to admit or not, is just someone to care about them, right? But that's also kind of a weak thing to say nowadays, too, so you don't say it. But And I think even like that statement right there is evidence enough that people are kind of 
you know, backing away from this whole companionship thing. Like, I don't, I don't need anybody. It's my life. I'm going to run how I want. When we know, just purely based on, you can stay in Genesis and understand that that's not how you're supposed to be living. Yeah. I would agree that we're with you that we're, we're not good at it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, crap, man. I, I'm just struggling. I'm just be real real quick. Some completely transparent. I'm really struggling with this idea. And, and I always have, you know, they, we watch shows about Isaac loves dinosaurs and he'll watch TV shows like the dinosaur train. And then there's this new show that he watches that's really, really lame, but it's better than some of the other stuff. Um, but he, uh, he loves dinosaurs and every time I watch another show, they come up with a different, well, this is what actually what they did, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we thought, I'm like, what did a dinosaur tell you? Like, did you find one and, and, and see, you know, how do you know this? And that's one of the things that kind of bothers me about, you know, even I said about the paleo thing, you know, I picked on it a little bit, but like, are you kidding me? You, you don't think that a, quote, caveman, if he saw a bed of rice, wouldn't have picked up some rice and ate it? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's he would he would literally eat everything. I mean, that's kind of mm-hmm. whatever was available to him. That's what that's what survival is, right? So I'm kind of thinking, uh, like, it's hard for us to look back and say, well, they were great at relationships back, you know, in ancient Greece or, or even beyond before that. You know, I'm like, maybe they sucked at it, too. You know, maybe that's just the human condition is that we suck at relationships and we need... Uh, we need God to show us what a relationship's supposed to look like. I mean, the Pharisees sat around, you know, talking a bunch of doing that, arguing about. Well, wait a minute, did he really? You know, did he say this? Did he say that? Or, I mean, I guess. I mean, that's what we know, what we hear. You know, so it's like I'm thinking. I know there's some really smart people that have done some really good research, but I'm like, I don't know if we've got worse at it. I just think maybe we still suck at it. Yeah, maybe our ability to to be able to do it hasn't really changed. But I, I would say, I'm with Chase, I think there are certainly way more obstacles to companionship today than there were at other periods in history, other times in history. You know, I mean, I don't want to spend another podcast picking on technology, but I do believe that modernity is driving us towards isolation. I mean, I, all you have to talk about technology, all you have to talk about is the garage door. I mean, that's like sealing us off from the people around us. And so I think it's, it is a primal need. It's something very basic, fundamental to masculinity is companionship. And I think it's getting harder and harder for us to meet that need, to answer that need. So that, that's one thing for me. Here's another one uh, that I think about in Genesis. And I just noticed this uh, reading a couple of days ago that God, it says that God placed man in the garden. I hadn't thought about the timeline of that. I think Eldridge talks about this a little bit, but John Eldridge. But God placed man in the garden, and it says to work it and to keep it. So another thing I'm rolling around in my mind is this this primal thing that men have is a need for a purpose, that we need to have a purpose. And, man, so many doors opened up for me in these conversations that I'm having with hangar men that we're talking about a lot of stuff on the surface. But if you were to really dig down in and ask them what's causing them problems. And if you said, do you think you lack a sense of purpose? I'm almost betting that eight men out of 10 would answer that question. Yes. I lack a sense of purpose. What do you guys think? I think it's more like four out of five. Okay. We'll go with that math. <laughs> I'm eager to hear Mo's math. <laughs> no, 19 plus one. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. 19 out of 40. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. Yes, Ben, you know, um, it's, 
I wonder if, yeah, I mean, I know I'm like, here I am trying, I'm on the microphone and now I'm talking and it's like, I'm just like, what's going on? I can't say words, but like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's my, cause I keep changing my mind right before I say it. I'm like, oh, no, wait, I don't want to say that. That's why you this. skip like whole sentences yeah. when you talk because you <laughs> no, change your mind. Right? That's just cause I think I said it, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing with the purpose is I think, yes, I think everyone's searching. We crave purpose. We, we, we have been designed with a purpose. Like you said, you read that, you know, Adam's purpose was this and this and, uh, to take care of and man and the territory there that was given to him. But, uh, the, the, I think we've, we all think we have a purpose and we all search or, or pursue what purpose we think we have. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I have pursued for a lot of my life a purpose that was not my purpose. It was something that I wanted based off of somebody else's purpose because I wanted what they had or I wanted to do what they were doing because it was cooler than what I was doing um, or more impactful, whatever. So I would chase that thinking that that's got to be my purpose because I really love it. And then I'd be like, wait a minute, but I love this too. Well, wait a minute, but I love this. So we get so confused and lost. Um, I think one of the keys there for me and what you said is that when when God placed him in the garden, he gave him his purpose. Mm. Adam's purpose was clear because it was a direct conversation with God. And God said, this is what you are supposed to do. And for so long, man, I have been so pissed off at the fact that I have not heard an audible voice from God saying, this is what you're supposed to do. Paul got it. Peter got it. I mean, they, of course, they were there walking with with Jesus physically. Well, Peter and, and the other ones, but like Moses got it, David got it. You know, everybody gets this, um, and I'm thinking, well, why the heck don't I get that? Like, where is my? This is your definitive purpose, and uh, and that I wrestled a long time with that, and I hear you know people you know people go back to the one story in the entire Bible. And say, well, it's a small, still voice because that's what happened in the cave there that day. And I'm like, okay, so everybody has that, you know, um, I don't think so because Moses was talking to him to a bush. There was no small, still voice. It was burning yeah. and it was loud, you know. Paul um, goes blind. Yeah. So, and, and I'm thinking. <laughs> Jesus says, get out of your boat, Peter. You right. He's like, here's, yeah, man, this is, see, I, I just hear like the emotion that's coming out in you. I totally resonate with that. Because it's such a deep need that I think it calls out this frustration if it's not being met. I mean, I think that's one of the signals that something is primal. Yeah. <laughs> if you have anger or frustration as a man that comes out in response to something, that's a signal. This is a really deep thing. This is about more than just what's on the surface. I think a lot of men have lived a lot of their lives, us included, frustrated at God. We just kind of we've been taught to be too polite to say that to him. And I wonder if that stops us from getting to our purpose, just being polite instead of saying, God, give me my purpose. I mean, there's another story uh, back in the beginning where a guy wrestled with God all night and for the rest of his life walked with a limp because he wrestled with God saying to give, bless me, give me my purpose. So I think in this primal way, we need to kind of get some grit about pursuing what our purpose is, because if not, here's what's going to happen. And you just described this, then you're going to start adopting other people's purpose. 
The trick is they probably don't have a lot of confidence in their purpose either. Their purpose may just pay them $65,000 a year. So they've adopted that as their purpose or, or 25, you know, whichever one it may be. But when you, you have such a deep need for purpose and you feel like you're not getting it from God or you don't want to pursue it from God because you're mad at him, you'll just adopt it from somebody else. And you can run with that for years. And look, let me tell you guys, I did that same thing. I'm telling you, Mo, I did the same thing. It was a, I was in relationship with a guy that had mentored me, and I still love this man. The mistake that I made, it wasn't his mistake. It was my mistake. I adopted his purpose, and I was trying to live it out, and I knew better. But I still kept doing it because I wanted a purpose so badly. I mean, that to me says it's primal. Well, Don't then that's my, here's my question then is what where? I mean, so right now I would confidently say – that I am living within my purpose. Like God has created me to do something and I am finally there uh, as far as practically, you know, there are still some, some blurred edges, some, some, uh, some unclear spots in the vision, if you will, and to, to know where to go, where I'm supposed to go. And I don't think it's because of me. I, I mean, I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa. You know, yeah. I don't think it's because of God. I think God is casting a clear vision to me. But for some reason, I am not able to see it or hear it. And I'm trying to figure out what that is. And I could sit here all day on a soapbox. And for me, I can't I can't explain because we don't have enough time how how opposite of me this really is. I could sit here and complain about culture, about media, about music and, and, and movies, Hollywood. You know, I could complain about all this stuff, which is so against me. I've always been the guy that's like, nah, man, that doesn't really affect you in any way. It's you, how you deal with it, how the parents lead through those things, stuff like that. Um, but man, I'm just like, is that it? Am I so distracted? Am I so... Um, Am I too busy watching TV or listening to something? Am I so afraid of the silence because I know I'm going to hear what he has to say? You know what I mean? Like, what is it that's stopping me from getting that clear, clear vision? Or is it the fact that society tells me I have to make $65,000 a year and I have to have a $60,000 car and I have to have a kid that goes to the best private school or that, you know, dates within her race or you know what I mean like do I have to have all of these things in order to be fulfilling my purpose and those are the things that are stopping me from seeing what really what my real purpose is yeah it gets cloudy it gets complicated I mean I, I think we have to respect that we can't we can't patronize the people listening and say oh well it's real easy if you just flip your bible open and read a couple of verses then you're going to be able to get your purpose that's, that's just not the way that it works out I mean following God and finding your purpose in your life is a mystery mm. But once that starts to be revealed to you through life circumstance and walking with Jesus and companionship with other men, man, it is such a sweet thing to taste when it actually starts moving in. And this may be dangerous language, but it's something that I've gotten addicted to. Mm. If, if, if I go too long unplugged from feeling that, that God and Jesus are confirming their purpose for me, 
then I start to get in a, in a lot of trouble. I'm curious, Chase, about guys that are your age. I hear a lot. I read a lot and I hear a lot from men your age. This is kind of a central thing because finding a job is more difficult and you're looking at issues on a global scale. I mean, when I was your age, I wasn't thinking about ending worldwide slavery. You know, I was thinking about uh, much different things. When you hear the words, it's primal for men to have a purpose. What emotion does that send off in you? Uh, it's a confirming one. Like, I think I, I I have a hard time not believing that that hasn't been an issue for men since the beginning of time. Aside from, like, Adam and, like, you know, Eden. Because, like, I think because God was there saying, no, this Here it is, is. It, yeah, yeah, this is it. <laughs> but, like, past the fall, I, 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 I have no way of knowing, but I can just about guarantee it. That that's, that's like an internal struggle with men. I just think the reason it's so more prominent now is like like you were saying earlier, social media or technology. It uh, it just amplifies everything. Like in, any in, anybody that wants a voice has it. So there's just billions of people complaining. Well, what what am I supposed to do? But they they have a place to say it now. Does that make sense? Because I, I I bet all through the seventies and eighties and nineties before everybody could you know twiddle their thumbs a little bit and say whatever they wanted, they had those internal feelings. Just the culture was different, the way they were raised were different. I think people settled a lot in in those times, which is not like that's not a call out. I just think that that's kind of how it was. And I think people are so much more driven now by wanting to like have an impact on the world because it, like anybody that has an impact is like seen so much more now there's way more visible that everybody with a brain is thinking god i want that i want to have that kind of impact like we were talking about last week their legacy they want a huge legacy that's remembered by the entire world so i don't th- i don't think we're any different in terms of like our search for a purpose I think it's just way more amplified and way more uh, probably driven, if that makes sense. I agree with you 100% on that. And what, what I'm thinking right now, even just listening to you, is a global purpose right now is so sexy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But a personal purpose, nobody cares about pursuing. Nobody. Like, the people, like, I, I, th- I think, like, back to women. Like, I think, and this is going to be dangerous territory but I, th- I think i'm right with it but like women are so afraid of being like the stay-at-home mom or even just like a straight-up mom in general general like they're so scared of the idea of like mom being a job that like they're they're pushing away from men as well like i, I don't even want to get married so i don't get trapped because i want to follow like what i want to do and that's i'm not that's not me bashing on it i think that's just like a really telling sign of the times that we're in right now yeah you're just describing a dynamic i don't and you're allowed to do that i mean you're allowed to have a perspective right uh, again we talk about how apologetic we have to start getting when we say the word uh, woman or women or female but I've seen a bit of that too. It's like if you get married, you link up to a man, you're selling out, right. you're just participating in an old system. So this actually drives me to the last uh, hot button word I want to bring up, and I've saved the best for last, by the way. Uh, when I think about Primal Man, great discussion on purpose. That was awesome. When I think about Primal Man, uh, here's something that comes up for me, the need for validation. Primal men need validation. Men in general need validation. So, I mean, I know we understand what the word validation means, but I'd love to get your feedback, Mo, on this. 
Do you think validation is a big part of a man's life? It's a, in fact, so big that it is, it was put in there by God, the need to be validated. I think that, um, I need, first, I want to say something based off of the purpose thing. And then I'm going to come to this. If oh, that's you're okay. not allowed to go back well, to the former topic. <laughs> Chase can cut it out if he doesn't want to. Um, the point is, uh, for the point I wanted to make before I moved on was, A, that the frustration is healthy. I believe my frustration is healthy because it's going to cause me to seek out the men in my life who I believe are walking, uh, who are who are really sitting with God and hearing from him and are in a place where they can do that because I think God's going to help me by using them to speak those things into my life. I think that's part of the, the, the need that we have for other people, for companionship, is God uses the people around you to say, hey, look, man, I notice these things about you. You're great at these things. <clears throat> You're passionate about these things, all that. And, and, and I feel like maybe God is saying this. So even though I may not be in a place where I can hear clearly, I'm around people who can, who will help me. Um, and then, uh, to get to, it's a journey. I don't think that, I mean, there are people out there who may get this, but I just don't think that I'll just speak for myself. For me, it's not a, I'm going to say, this is where you're going to be in 20 years. He, he seems to give me my purpose in, in short doses, maybe what I can handle at the moment. Cause I have that personality that I'm just going to start going off and, you know, Oh, go here. Oh, you know, I just take off with everything, drop everything and go. And, and, uh, but he gives it to me like, here's your next stage. Here's your next stage. And eventually the picture starts to become more clear and more clear as I go. Um, so I just wanted to encourage people who are listening to say, Hey, what happened to coach Mo, man? He's getting all, all, uh, all upset and all negative on me. It's like, no, seek out your purpose. That, that's the thing for me is it's amazing. I'm the first person that says everyone has one and that it's exciting when you're living in it because I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm more and more involved in that. Um, but I just wanted to encourage you keep going, keep searching, keep looking, get in that community so that you can be around the people that will help you discern what that purpose is. Um, and then to, to go, uh, in, in the, the other direction about uh, validation, I think that's, man, that's dangerous territory for me to sit here on this microphone and say, yes, all men need validation. Cause I, I do powerlifting and I work out with a group of guys and there was a situation where there's a, a girl that works out at the gym and she is a like licensed judge. So when it comes down to technique and stuff like that and coaching license, all that stuff, she can say, we can say, Hey, can you look at this and tell me what I get, what I get with credit for this lift and blah, blah, blah. Right. So there comes a, a time and, and we ask and, and she, she looks at, at one of my friends lifts and she goes, that looks good to me. Like she didn't say anything like, like okay. And, and her response was when I was like, I, my response was other than that, you did a good job, you know, kind of being funny, but her response was, what, you need me to pat you on the back now, bud too. You know what I mean? Like even she was projecting that men shouldn't need validation. So we're like, no, I don't need validation. So when I say yes, there's pushback immediately. Like, no, I don't need validation. I'm a man. I don't need nobody to tell me I'm doing a good job, but you know what I think? I think as a, as a Christian, 
I am looking for and working for the ultimate validation. My goal is to come to the end of this thing called life and hear from my king, good job. Well done. You did everything I told you to do. So ultimately, that is ingrained in us. Even God knows so much so that he tells us one day, have we run the race well? When we arrive, he's going to say, good job, buddy. You did exactly what I wanted you to do. Yes, 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 yes. The needs that you pick on the most in, in culture today, the needs that are picked on the most are the needs that we have the most. What, you're a man? I need, I need to tell you you did a good job? Yes. Yes, you do need to tell me I did a good job because that's primal. It's planted deep in me. And you brought up one. Another one I'm thinking is Jesus is about to launch into the most difficult part of his time on planet Earth. And his dad shows up and his dad says, this is my son. Ownership, validation comes next. God says, he pleases me. What did God seek to do for Jesus before Jesus starts his march to a sacrificial murder? God says, I am pleased. I I think it's so deep, and I know we don't have much time to discuss it today. Maybe we could loop back around to it. But this need for validation, I think, drives us to most of our vices. So here's my big premise of wrapping up as we're talking about primal man. I think and believe and know, actually, that we have an enemy that is fighting masculinity fighting manhood fighting godly manhood and i think he's attacking primal man my premise is it's harder and harder to find companionship and be in true companionship it's harder and harder to figure out our purpose we've said that a lot today and it's harder and harder to receive the right kind of validation i mean what i'm trying to propose today is that the enemy has gone for the jugular and we spend a lot of time talking about porn and we're in the wrong job and we need to be listening to this guy who's teaching the Bible. And we're talking about all kinds of stuff that is add on. I think what we need to start discussing more, bringing into the masculine conversation is what's primal? What are the basic things that God has planted in man that the devil is attacking to neuter us, to neutralize us, to paralyze us? Think, I'm just challenging us to think about these three things as, as the hanger man as we go about our next week. Are we fighting what we're fighting because we don't have a sense of purpose, we have a lack of companionship, and we're desperate for validation? Pretty big questions as a hanger man.